Welcome to episode 638 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 638 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Ives. How you going, mate? I am sensational, thank you, Bevan. Do you How get about hay yourself? Fever? Big pun? Do you get hay fever? I do get a bit of hay fever. Yeah, do you take a pill? Yep. Does it work? Yep. Because you sneezed before and I sneezed as well and mm. I took a pill. Do you take a pill today? I did not. Uh, that's a problem. Hay fever sucks, doesn't it? It does indeed. It's, it's, uh, it's great to start to show you. Yeah, pass one over to me now. Carry on. See, I'm about to sneeze as well. <laughs> oh, strong start to the show this week. We are on fire. John, I am talking is proudly brought to you by Extreme Endurance. It's your lactic buffer. Did you know that? It is our lactic buffer. There you go. What else? And our patrons. And Peter Mills, the bionic man, is one of them. James, the trawler Slade. We've got Mark Sledgehammer Stetler, is also the last one as well. John, in this week's show, I'm actually currently in LA. And I will be watching the the world final mm-hmm. of the Super because the game's on Game Six. If it goes to Game Six, it's on tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be I'm going to go to a sports bar. That's probably the way to do it, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I I didn't pay seven hundred dollars like I was talking about last week. Yes, you know, and you know, so unless someone who listened to the show last week got me a ticket, uh-huh. highly unlikely. Um, so uh, I'm in LA. So this week's show is a little bit different because uh, we're basically just doing an interview pack show. So we'll do a little bit of news and what interviews do we have, John? We have got uh, Matt Russell. Who had an amazing It really was a phenomenal performance, wasn't it? Yeah, so you'd say his performance, and I'd also say Ronnie Shilnick were the two performances of the day. Oh, what, oh, did oh, oh. what did Ronnie, Ronnie do? He got second. No, he didn't. Oh, he got second. Uh, Bart oh, Arnott, sorry. Bart, Bart, Bart Arnott, Arnott yeah, sorry. Yeah. I get them confused. Yep. Uh, Bart Arnott, those were the two. You wouldn't have probably picked them days. Everybody else, there were some amazing performances, but those two were... Matt Russell's is phenomenal, yeah. because you, you think of this time last year... Mm. what he was going through the fact he could even turn up to this championship and he didn't even qualify mm. you know you, you you Matt Russell before this before that performance you kind of say you know if he has a great day he's going to qualify 10th yeah yep. yeah exactly and he was what four seconds off fifth mm. you know pretty phenomenal so very impressive so we've got Matt Russell and then also it'll be interesting to see how this comes across we've got Carlin Pipes who is a uh, gazillion times world record holder uh, for swimming who lives in Kona, and she runs a swim clinic out of there. She also does clinics um, around the world, but she's got an endless pool. And so we went up there, and she gave me a bit of a swim lesson, and Bevan sort of was interviewing as I was doing it. It was actually really fascinating. Uh, So we'll see how that comes across. We'll talk about later on. Okay, John, so let's just quickly do some news. Just coming up this weekend, we do have a Super League race coming up. We do. So Super League Mallorca, you guys, hopefully, we've pre-recorded this, but last weekend was Super League Malta, so it would be fascinating to see the results there. If you need some fodder, for your trainer rides this week go and check it out because uh, they're, they're quite long events and they're fairly action packed so they are interesting aren't they mm-hmm. they really are they, you know that you you stay in it the whole race because it's really well set up uh, and it's news this week yes <laughs> so we'll put an interview up now we're going to put Matt Russell up first and what we're going to do is we spoke to him for about 20 minutes before the race just before the pro briefing actually wasn't it in Kona mm-hmm. uh, and we talked a little bit about the experience he's had over the last year and I thought I know you guys have already listened to this because I put it in the post Kona race show um, but I thought I'd also just re-put on the interview we did with him directly after the race because it was quite a cool moment to catch you with him as well so it's Matt Russell both before the race and just after he got across the finish line at the race here's Matt Russell right now okay we've uh, got Matt Russell here just before the pro uh, press conference oh not pro press conference pro media uh, not the media conference bloody so hell right, what is it yeah, I guess it's, it's the pro the briefing, briefing. Uh, where they'll all get told all the things they can do but he's uh, happy to share some time with us welcome along to the show Matt thanks for having me guys I did, we were podcasting last week and I said, Matt Russell's on the start list, that race, doubt he'll be racing, he's, he's going to Kona. Rock up, had a pretty solid race. Tell us about your strategy of doing a race, I guess, two weeks before Ironman of World Champs. So I've had success with this before. Uh, I guess the first time I've had uh, two weeks back-to-back um, was uh, 2016, in the beginning of the year, I did Challenge Wanaka. Uh, finished third there and then uh, then two weeks later did Ironman New Zealand and had a better race there and actually ran my best ran a 245 um, had a better race there so um, at the end of 2016 I'm like 
the opportunity came again. I'm like, hey, I'll give it another shot. So I, I raced uh, Ironman Chattanooga and finished third. And then um, 13 days later, I did uh, Ironman World Championships here. And um, I had a great race and finished 12th. And that was with, uh, I guess you could say, a rather crappy swim. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this year, um, kind of doing the same plan, uh, f- finished Chattanooga um, like a week and a half, half ago, finished second there. And um, and uh, hope to get in the top 10 this year. And I mean, all things are pointing uh, towards uh, towards yes, <laughs> because uh, practice swim on Saturday, I swam a 50-50 and it was with the Aww. lead group. So yeah. I'll take it, yeah. Just wanna, um, I know you said you did the race you know, a week and a half ago, but I know that prior to that, and I'm just thinking of my memory, you did Mont Blanc, and I think even prior to that, you did Canada. So I guess that's probably three races in... Nine weeks it was. Nine weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, my body tends to bounce back from them, and usually I typically do a little bit better. Um, um, there's some guys that, that race like that, like this, um, like Cameron Worf, he's done six uh, six Ironmans this year, I think, already. Uh, Chris McDonald would like to do the, a lot back-to-back. Um, and for whatever reason, throughout the year, I tend to get quicker. And um, I've always I've always raced a lot. Uh, I guess that goes way back to my high school and, and college days. Um, I was a track and field athlete, and I would race quite a lot. Just two weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, how hard did you go? Uh, so... Um, the first uh, 72 miles, I averaged 302 watts on the bike and was pretty strong there. And then the second loop, I re- really couldn't go super fast because there were so many age groupers, and um, which was kind of which was kind of uh, which was hard. But the other thing, it was hard to get to those aid stations. I actually missed some of the aid stations oh, on the that's bike. A good point, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and I actually ended up getting pretty dehydrated. And you know, once you get behind uh, um, and get a little bit dehydrated. Uh, try, trying to play catch up is not going to happen, especially uh, the temperature that day was very humid and it was uh, in the low 80s uh, degree far- degrees Fahrenheit, that is. So uh, by the time I got to the run, um, I ran all right. I think I ran like a, um, a 255 with a minute port potty stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that being said, I was severely di- dehydrated. And, uh, you know, when you're dehydrated, your blood's so thick and your body's just moving almost it feels like in slow motion um so there's pro and a con to that the pro is since i wouldn't wasn't able to run super fast um i was able to recover even quicker from that um and i remember after uh we got drug tested and um i had uh tried to give a sample i couldn't give enough so uh about an hour and a half later and 14 pounds of fluid after i was finally able to give in our sample so that's how dehydrated i was uh, I remember Pete, Pete Vabrusik, you know, he wasn't at probably the same level as you're at, but he used to basically race, 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 and that was his training. Um, are you training very hard between these events or not? You know, I, I don't tr- train, I train a fair amount of volume, but not a ton of intensity. Um, and, and it depends on the type time of year and how my body's uh, how my body feels. So I really listen to my body. Um, and there's, there's some weeks where it's just volume and then other weeks where I won't do maybe as much volume, but I'll do a little bit more intensity. Uh, and this year has definitely been cut short. Um, I mean, I was really literally, um, like my first Ironman I tried to attempt was Ironman Texas and I was not ready. Mm -hmm. That was back in the end of April. And I actually had to walk part of, uh, the run because my, my neck was on fire because um, they were overcompensating from my severed neck from the accident. Mm. Oh, what a statement. <laughs> <laughs> um, with your second place or, or any of your other races, um, have you got a spot for next year, Tony, or does it only go one deep? It's only one deep right now. Um, you know, it's not, it's not really going to change my philosophy and how much I race because I, I lo- love to race a lot. Um, and a lot of the times, like, f- through the races like in i remember 2016 i also finished uh on the podium at ironman north american championships in between uh, uh patrick longue and um trenzo bozzoni <coughs> and then um again at the end of the year i was like a minute behind uh, Frederick van leerty at uh, ironman cozumel so and those are all guys that you know would have slots and stuff like that yeah. so um i don't think it should be a difficult time for me uh i mean it's definitely different from getting points mm-hmm. um i was able to accumulate a fair amount of points uh, a little bit different but it's not going to change my strategy 
So, so last year, this time last year, obviously a pretty crazy thing happens. How do you build yourself back physically, and maybe more emotionally, because I'm sure you've talked a lot about it physically, but what's been the emotional journey to Texas, and then from even Texas where it probably wasn't the experience you wanted to have, how have you kind of emotionally processed that time? Yeah, emotionally, it's it's been tough. Uh, I mean, there's been many multiple times when I'm training and the, the tears will start uh, flowing a little bit. Um, you know, a more than anything, just grateful and very thankful to be alive. Uh, you know, the Lord has a plan for everything and he has a bigger purpose for me. And um, it's just, you know, I'm thankful for every single day. And it's been like, you know, sometimes I'll take a, you know, a step forward and then I'll take a couple of, have to, have to take a couple of steps back, especially when like Ironman Texas, when I had some, some pain and, um, and everything. But th- I mean, throughout this whole prof- process, I have had a great support system. My wife's been awesome. And, um, my son at the time of the accident, he was only three months old. Mm. And, uh, so I've been spending a lot of time with him and it's been, it's been a joy. Can I ask, um, John and I aren't that religious, um, and so if you are religious in, in your way. How much, how, how much does that help, and how does it help? It has helped a lot. Um, you know, I, I've learned a lot of a lot of tough lessons. Even when I was little, I lost my mother to Lou Gehrig's disease when I was 13 years old, and she battled with that for five years. And uh, you'll see me at the end of every Ironman. That's why I always do the Blazeman role for ALS in memory of uh, my my mother and others. Um, and you know, I just, I just know that God has a plan for everything. And, um, I mean, if anything, if you think about it, I was going 35 miles per hour, um, headfirst into a side of a windshield. How did I not break a bone? How come I'm not paralyzed? It's really a miracle. So you think about it, you know, the, um, this island and this island as, as blessed me in a way as the gift of life. And the Lord really had protected me um if, if you think about it i mean the circumstances what could have happened and how close it was it's just um you know hey there's there's we we have very little control and you would think about it iron man world championships there aren't many stoplights not many i mean it, 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 out of all the iron man races in in the in the world this is probably um considered i think most people a pretty safe one you just never know um what, what will happen how have you changed as a person through this experience? Um, I do pretty much all of my riding inside. Um, and uh, that's mainly purely for, for safety. And I've actually, even even last year, I, I, did, I only, only rode outside twice. So I've, I've always kind of been doing all of my riding um, inside. Uh, and how it, so I guess that necessarily hasn't changed me from that I'm still riding inside. But... I feel like uh, the Lord has opened some doors and opportunities for me. Like I'm, I'm trying to um, live life with more passion. I've taken up some meditation that's helped me. Um, I've changed the way um, with my diet and how I eat and um, my my relationships with with everyone with with myself and and others. So I'm I'm trying to get the most out of life of what uh, with what I have and every every moment I have. Because I mean every. It, no, there's no guarantee we'll be here tomorrow, so I'm just trying to make the most of every every minute. And what's what's your your plan for the next 12 months? You know, more of the same, or and and maybe even beyond that. You know, what are your aspirations? You you seem to race a lot. You're nice and consistent. Um, how important is it for you to go to that ne- try to get to that next level? Yeah, I um, the passion. Oh, wait a second. So the my the passion is still there. It's still in my heart to race. And um, I think before, I think there was some, sometimes I was just kind of going through the moments. And I'm trying to like, you know, leave not leave any stone, you know, upturned. I want to make sure that I can get every little bit out of my body and of my my mind and my heart and my soul. Um, and that being said, uh, I think. I've done probably close to 50 Ironman races and um, I've only won one Ironman, but I think I've been on the podium now for like 13 or 14 races. So I've had a lot of podiums. I've gotten a lot of seconds and thirds and, you know, I want to get out there and I want to win an Ironman. Um, And every year it always seems like the competition's getting a little bit tougher and tougher with ITU guys popping up. But, uh, you know, I feel like there's a lot more in my uh, mind, body and heart to give um, to the sport and, uh, you know, a lot of people have been saying, hey, I'm a big inspiration. And, um, you know, 
I'm glad I can be an inspiration. I mean, they, they've been, when they say that to me, it helps me because I've even had rough days. Everyone has rough days. And I think throughout this whole process, I think the main message is, you know, um, try to be as positive as possible um, because uh, positivity spreads. It's like you smile. If you see someone with a big smile, you can't help not to smile yourself. Um, and I mean, that being said, it's just, um, it's just, uh, it's been, it's been a journey and also to have that strong support system is really important too. So, um, I've learned a lot and I'm on this journey and, um, there's a lot more, uh, a lot more do, to come. Do you think it's made you a tougher athlete, this experience? Yeah, I've, I've been a pretty tough, um, athlete, but there's a little bit more to dig for now. Um, like I said, not necessarily moving through the, 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 the moments and going through the day and trying to make, uh, everything purposeful. And um, that being said, uh, I do think I am becoming a stronger person. I think when you go through really hard times, it makes you become um, a stronger, better person in the end. So you just finished, it was, well, wouldn't be entertaining for you, but to see Tim Don, I think, take the last slot. He obviously had his incident here last year as well. And then you were one slot off the KPR. Was it a hard decision to accept the invite from Andrew Messick or was it like poof, straight, up, straight up decision? Well, uh, first off, I, I mean, I wasn't actually, my goal, whole goal wasn't, I mean, his whole goal was to get back to Kona. Um, and part of that, you know, he's on the tail end of his, his career. Um, and I feel like I have a few more years, you know, maybe a solid five years left. Um, and for me, my whole goal wasn't get back to Kona. Um, you know, my goal was just to get back to racing and, and living life. And, um, and if it happened, great. If it didn't, that was okay. And once I heard that call, from from Andrew I told him you know I'm going to have to get back to him and and talk to my wife about it because it's it's a it's a, it's a decision you know the whole family had to make and cuz there's I've had lots of emotions here but I don't want to um you know live live in fear and I want to come back here again and you know I think it was a uh, with this year I want to have closure with ev with everything that happened and you know I I'd love to finish in the top 10 but if I come into the thousandth place I'm going to be happy and thankful that when I cross that finish line because I'm I'm alive mm -hmm. just you know it's pretty inspirational story do you get a lot of feedback from people telling you how much of an inspiration you've been and and what's the responsibility that comes with that uh you know just being a good role model a lot of people have said I've been an inspiration but I think just being a good role model and continue to be positive and not only be positive but you know let them know that hey I have emotions that I do cry and when I when my first ride back um tr my first training ride back that I rode outside was um on Sunday I rode to Javi and back and I rode by the scene of the accident and um I've shared this a couple of times publicly that you know my uh running down my face was half sweat and half tears um you know I had it was definitely an emotional moment yeah it um it it uh it it signified, you know, hey, I'm I'm alive. Um, I have, you know, the gift, um, gift that I'm still alive, and um, we we just never know what what will happen, and and um, it's it's okay to cry, you know, and it's it's okay to share your emotions, and um, and if it's not good to hold them in, if you hold them in, it will eat eat at you, and um, you know, I'm human, and. You know, uh, I, every, everyone has feelings, and I'm not sh I'm not scared to share those feelings. And um, I think just being truthfully honest is is the best that I can do to everyone. And I think everyone um, should be the same with uh, you know each each other. And that's that's where you're going to get the most out of life. Fantastic. We know you've got a meeting to get to. Uh, if people want to follow you, what's the the best way for people to follow you? Uh, so my Instagram and Twitter is at Matt Russell Try. And um, that's also my website and on Facebook, um, all on there as well. So, uh, yeah, and um, hopefully everyone has a has a safe safe race out there on Saturday. Awesome, appreciate your time. You bloody legend, love your work. Thank you. We got Matt Russell here. He's just come across the line. Um, what an effort, mate! Tell us about your day. Um, it was a unbelievable day. Um, it was a very emotional for me. Um, I didn't really have any lows, which is very rare. Um, but I mean, just finishing this race means so much to me. Um, 
after last year. Last year I was um, unconscious and um, I remember a couple of days after I could barely walk down the hall with an IV in me. Um, and just to finish in the top 10 um, makes it even more emotional. Um, I just wanted to finish and uh, it just means um, I felt so much love out there. And uh, I'm just so thankful, grateful, and, and blessed. And um, yeah, you, you were mowing them down on the run. It was like you and Joe Skipper had a good little battle there. It was a, it must have been pretty motivating, just clicking one after the other after the other, and going past guys like Javier Gomez must have been giving you a good lift. Yeah, I, I tried to I tried to stay consistent as possible. Um, I knew the back half, and I was just focusing on. Uh, nutrition and hydration um, and uh, just taking um, one mile at a time. Um, when did you know you were going to have a great run? You know, because you, you had a stellar run. Like, did you kind of just know from the start or was it kind of, talk through your run? Um, it, it, the miles were clicking and I was looking at my watch and there were, um, you know, a good mile was 620, a slower mile was 630 or 40 if it was slightly uphill. And I knew if I could just stay consistent with that, um, I'd have a have a good run. Um, that being said, you just never know because you can be in the last mile and cramp up or something, and um, and uh, it could be someone in front of me, which would be great in a way, but it could be me too. So it, it's never over until you cross that finish line. Um, was it just awesome to be t ticking people off? Yeah, it was. Um, um, it, it, it's definitely motivating. Um, I don't know. I, I came off the bike with a big group. I think I rode about a 412, yeah, you did, you did. Uh, which uh, I was really happy with. Um, I felt pretty strong on the bike, and uh, I knew I was saving a little bit for the run. Um, and I figured, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to go out hard. If I go out hard, I'll pay for it later. And I was just being patient and um, tried to push it in the back half. Just phenomenal, really, isn't it? Um, it's, it's a dream come true. Um, and uh, I mean, this is amazing right now, but last night um, I put my son to bed. He's 15 months old um, and uh, he fell asleep in my arms and that's, um, that's kind of hard to beat too. Um, so, I mean, the last 24 hours have been, um, I mean, I'm, I'm on cloud nine and um, I'll, I'll be riding this way for a while. You know, and you're on probably the most important race, you know, this time last year, when you woke up, I'm sure you didn't imagine you'd be here like this, performing like this. It's um, it should be really pretty stuff, mate. Yeah, um, I mean, when I woke up um, 365 days ago, um, I I uh, kept on asking the same questions over and over and over for an hour, and I don't remember any of it. Um, and it was really hard for my family and um, my dad and my wife. And my son were out there all supporting me and um, and I just felt the love and support from from everyone so many people um, were cheering me on and um, and really just never stopped believing and um, and it, it came together today pretty mate love your work you're thank an inspiration you. thank you in many ways it's one of the greatest Ironman stories of all time isn't it you know so, like we've got yeah. the Rick and Duke Hoyts we've got the Iron War we've got his to be the speed of millimeters away from dead mm. to have a life defining performance is pretty phenomenal. It is, but I think for me, it's it's the speed at, at what at which it happened. So we have had other athletes that have made pretty miraculous comebacks from yep. events. Christian Bustos seems to ring a bell. I think he got absolutely smashed in a car accident once, um, but just as you said, in, within twelve months to go from there to having the best race of your life at a world championship and exceed because he had all the reasons to be you know what being his my race mm. you know and everyone would have been man it's so cool he finished mm. but and it was really cool to watch in the day because him and it was him and Joe who were running together and Joe Skipper it? were yeah. really close together and, and you know you kind of just after bite you thought you were just watching the splits he's doing alright here mm. and then you know you always know people are going to crumble in the second half and him and Joe just ran a really good run didn't they oh yeah but I, I was with Joe Skipper's girlfriend out on the Queen K and like Coming into the Queen K, I was I was saying to her, uh, look, Joe's in, I think he was at that stage, maybe he was in 10th or 11th or something. I said, yeah. he's got to try to get up 10th. I said, there's not 
that many people fading. I said, Michael Weiss, he looks like crap. He looks like he's yeah. gone backwards. But if he can hang on to hang on, if they can keep running steady, they might start gaining a few. And they got closer and closer, and they very nearly ran down um, fourth and fifth with Braden Curry. Yeah, and, well, it was uh, only seconds with Braden, yeah, wasn't it? With Matt and Tim O'Donnell. So uh, both of them had really good days. So good on you, Matt Russell. So just Matt Russell, you're an inspiration to many people, and well done for just being you right now. Uh, John, let's do a sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Your lactic buffer. Now, I don't know if he's still sponsored by Extreme Endurance, but Matt Russell used to be uh, used to be with Extreme oh, Endurance. Go. Well, let's say he is, and it's the reason he killed it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, guys, if you're looking uh, at changing your fueling for race day, uh, Extreme Endurance have got their Fuel 5. So if you've been having difficulties or you just need some slightly different flavours out there, go and check it out. They've got some small sample packs you can buy or you can uh, buy a full bag and check it out. It's got five forms of fuel four carbohydrate fuel sources plus lactate it's got an organic sweet potato using their proprietary blend uh, it's got energy carbohydrate blend to help stabilize blood sugar levels during exercise and uh, it's got your electrolytes in there as well so uh, i found it to be really effective different flavor um, less sugary so check it out xendurance.com it's fuel five there's also fuel five plus if you want to get some caffeine then in there as well so remember promo code I am talk twenty, and you get twenty percent off. Check it out, xendurance.com. So, so well, John and I were in Kona. We went around to Carlin. What's the last name? Pipes. Carlin Pipes. Yep, yep. We went to Carlin's house, and we just basically got John in the water to go over technique. And so, basically, this is me sitting beside Carlin, and I, and I think it will come across in the podcast. But also, I was filming a lot of John's work while. Uh, we were doing this as well. So what I've done is I've put it in the show notes and also on our Facebook page. So if you actually want to, if you're someone who's really interested in what Carlin's trying to teach John here, um, you can go and have a look at the video and you'll kind of see where she thought he could improve and when he was getting it right. And you can get an idea of, because it was really quite a lot different, wasn't it? Significantly different. Yeah, so here's Carlin with John. Uh, and again, the videos will be on either IM Talk or on our Facebook page. Check, check, check it out. Here we go. Hi, good team. So we're currently somewhere in Hawaii. So what's the name of your street? Probably shouldn't say that on the show. No, we're up at Carlin's Swim School. Okay, and John Newsom's about to jump in the pool. And what are we doing here today, Carlin? So we're going to take a, a look at John's stroke and he's going to get jump in the endless pool. And I'm going to do a stroke evaluation of his current freestyle. And the beautiful thing about the endless pool is it's not a coach. It doesn't have opinions. It doesn't lie. You get in here, and we figure out how to make you swim faster with less effort. Okay, so just just before we kind of get into it, uh, as a coach, what are you hoping someone would get out of, out of a session like this? Swim faster with less effort. But I, what, and to get to that point, what we're going to do is we're going to identify the things that you're doing extra that are making you work harder to actually go slower. So, for instance, uh, the suggestion that you need to roll on your side and get skinny actually is just like sell, telling somebody that they should capsize their boat and then turn it over and get going again. Or fall off your bike and ride it again and, and hope that you're going to catch the people that just passed you. So rolling too much will cause an imbalance and you'll spend energy trying to Keep your balance. Number two is people tell you that you want to finish your stroke. And that kind of went with the old S-pull back in the day where the... The old S-pull. The S-pull. So an S-pull, you put your hand in the towards the center, you slid yeah. out, then you slid in, and you couldn't put power until your hand was going in a straight line with a tricep push. But we're not swimming like that anymore. We're swimming more kind of like with a more water polo stroke. Think Lucy Charles. Think Jan Frodeno. It's more up front. So the stroke is not as long, you don't roll nearly as much, and you're trying to put your hand slightly outside your shoulder to start the reach. So that sets you up to get the catch, the pull, and get out before you get stuck. Okay. So paddling your body like a surfboard is a really good analogy. Okay. So, so John's going to be about to get in, he's in the endless pool right now, uh, he's looking pretty sharp in his, his green speedos, I have to add, uh, and so he's just basically going to jump into the endless pool, and then Carlin, maybe just talk me through what you're seeing here with John right now. So the first thing that I'm seeing is, first of all, John is a very accomplished swimmer. And we, we know that, that you know, swimming is not a weak leg for him. But you can be figuring out, so right now, that where is he doing extra? Now, if you're looking at the endless pool, it's like a balance beam. Yeah. It's only a certain width. The current's only a certain width. So if you do something that makes you drift out of the current, there's a side-to-side -side motion. And that becomes quickly very obvious. So really pretty decent pull. But as you can see on both the right and the left arm, 
it's coming in over the head. Yep. And as soon as he goes in over his head, there's a little bit, oh, you know what it is. See the little slide out? Yep, I do. Okay, thumb is going down, so the natural thing is to slide out. Where's his high elbow catch? Non-existent. Yeah. He's going straight down. Okay. So then he's getting his catch much later, which makes his pull longer. And now it's actually starting to make his hips and legs going all over the place. So when you see a good swimmer, you actually see their shoulders quite stable, hands entering a little bit wider, and a cleaner, shorter pull. So the things that we're going to do is we're going we're gonna, to, first of all, draw awareness that we need to get like wider. I'm going to whack John with a noodle right now. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get his yeah. to stop. Oh, he's going to go a little bit wider. Oh, okay. So, so what she's doing right now, she's got a noodle, and John's swimming, but he's, she's deliberately kind of hitting his arm, so he has to go wider with the, the noodles. I don't know if John gets this, but... Um, <laughs> so question, a question I have, question I have, is how different is swimming in the endless pool to swimming? Because does it change your technique as you're getting well, the assessment well, done? Let's have John come over here, who kept going really fast, by the way, and I had to keep turning you up. Uh, so the question is, does it feel pretty similar to swimming in a regular pool? Uh, somewhat. I think the, the mirrors on the bottom help me a lot because <laughs> then I, I know I've got a tendency to move my head around quite a bit. So I can actually, I'm actually looking at what I'm doing and just sort of keeps you a bit more focused. Should he close his eyes? No. <laughs> it's funny, when people close their eyes, they usually hold their breath. And then, so that's obviously holding your breath and swimming with your eyes closed is not a good combination. <laughs> All right, so did you notice kind of that you move from side to side? So your, an action was creating a reaction. For instance, your right arm was coming in a little bit towards inside your shoulder, and then it slid out, and same with your left one. So the noodle, the whacking, that is designed to, every time your pull is just a little bit too narrow, I hit you, tap you nicely, and so hopefully you actually reach to a little bit wider point. The interesting thing is, is your brain knows that your hands your pull would be more powerful if you're about the same place that you would do for a pull-up. Okay. You know? Like a and down. Yeah, okay. lap pull-down, right? Now move your hands in just a little bit, a couple of centimeters in, and you've changed the access to your power. Now, if you start with your hand slightly in, your brain says, well, then we're just going to go slide over to where the power is anyway, and now you've started your pull with a slide instead of a catch and a pull. As a result, something that we saw, Bevan and I saw. Oh, so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, Bevan's getting the uh, the 2.0 version here, and he's like, yeah, you're doing a straight arm catch. And then you're bending because of where you started your pull. As a result, your hand goes into the center just a little bit. It goes straight down, puts a lot of pressure on the shoulder. And then you're bending as your hand kind of sweeps by your midsection, and you're finishing your pull longer. So the diagnosis here is we need to get a little bit wider. That'll help you set your catch up sooner. And I want you to cut off half of the length of your stroke. Like literally, you're thinking... What do you mean by cut off half your length? So imagine that you're finishing your stroke and your hand's going all the way back towards your backside, right? So I call that going out the back door. Okay. All right? That goes with the old S-pull. Then I want you to think, I want you to go out the side door. So you're going to pull back and then sweep your hands out to the side. And it's going to feel like you're a brief. Yep. Yep. So lift. So when when they come down, so I'm thinking. So it's John. What he's doing is pulling his hand beside his body, kind of beside his belly button. Yep. And then pulling out from behind there. Kind of just swing it out. So what you want to do is bend underwater for the catch, and then swing into the recovery like you're doing butterfly, because everybody knows how to do butterfly. And actually, there's an easy way to do butterflies, just like this. Okay. Wait a second. So maybe what we'll do is we'll pause, and maybe you should do a little bit of a set where you just swim how you normally swim, so she can film you, because you didn't yeah, film you then. And then we'll um, come back and try the new technique. So we'll pause and we'll be back in a second, guys. Okay. So now we're back in. We've pushed record again. She's filming John, and she's just telling me some technique stuff. So go. So, so when we're looking at just a slightly narrower entry take a look at his right hand oh yeah take a look at his right hand left hand sorry yep. it's his paddle is broken he's actually swimming with the yeah, broken it's, paddle it's, it's kind of turning in isn't it yeah well he's doing that to take the pressure off because when he goes straight down it hurts the shoulder keep going keep going keep going <laughs> so so the brain has amazing strategies to take the pressure off but what you end up with is a very ineffective pull and then the pull has to go longer and then you have to kick harder and that's where the effort comes in. So you're working hard to swim slow. So now we're going to sit there. We're going to tap his Okay, so now she's going back to the tap strategy to kind of beat his hands up. So teaching him to go, to go wider in his, his insertion into the water. 
Now we're going to actually say, stop going so far back. Don't finish thumb to thigh. Okay. Start thinking about bringing your hand out around your uh, mm, midsection. Kind of like belly button. Well, you let go of the pressure at the chest because after you get to the chest, it goes from a pull to a push. Okay. So we're trying to avoid the push. Okay. We just want one, one power phase and then we're done. So it's not trying to continue on yeah. any longer than you need to. Right, and the, the pull will still travel back towards the thigh, but there's no power behind it. Okay. That looks pretty good. Okay, I'll pause. We'll be back in a second. Okay, he's back. We're getting excited here, team, because he's gone wide. <laughs> well, now we're starting to see the better balance, a little more powerful pull, but it still looks like a regular pull. That's what the beauty of this is. In your mind as a swimmer, when I get rid of the back of the stroke it feels like you're doing so much less but what's happening is John is starting to run into the motor and I've had to turn up his speed because he actually has gotten faster okay how's he gotten faster he stopped putting the brakes on by going so far back it's kind of like he took the big gears off he didn't realize he had too big of gears going and, right. and a running analogy is kind of like not using tension in the shoulders when you're running kind of thing it's not helping you go faster perfect all right John what do you think Okay, I'm going to pause where he comes, catches up. Okay, we're back. Yeah, it definitely feels like you can engage uh, sort of the, the arm around the barrel a, a lot quicker in terms of engaging your catch. Um, it certainly feels weird. Weird? Yeah. Um, and also, I still felt I was a bit unstable. Well, probably wasn't, I was trying to probably roll and perhaps I, I shouldn't have been rolling as much. My take a while for my hips to sort of get in sync with what my upper body's doing, but certainly a lot easier to get that catch and quickly. Yeah, it, it was it was really obvious. I'm like, just going. The catch is available to you when you start your hand in the right spot. It's it doesn't start in a sweep. It starts with a stretch and then a catch, not a hit, slide, pull, sweep. So we're trying to simplify the whole thing. Interesting thing that you say about the hips. I'm not a big fan of thinking that one stroke is a shoulder driven versus hip driven. Do you ever see anybody running down the road driving their hips? No. No. <laughs> okay, so your hips, when you lean, reach, and stretch, they come along for the ride. It's naturally occurring. You lean, stretch. It's kind of like you're reaching for something, the top shelf, right? You stretch a little bit, and as a result, your hip kind of leans a little bit towards wherever you're leaning. So it's nothing, um, it's very subtle, and it's automatic. If you put your hand in the center, what you're actually going to feel is a twist. And now that can feel good to a lot of people because they want to feel more. The idea is the less you feel in swimming, the better you are. So we're going for tailwind swimming. The more you start feeling, I just feel like I'm really working or I really feel the water. That means you've actually gone the opposite direction. You've actually created more drag. That's what you're feeling. Or in some cases, if you finish the stroke with a big push, there is an extreme amount of power, creates an acceleration, but now your hand is stuck back at your hip, it turns into a rudder, and it starts slowing you down. So now you settle back into the water, and when you go again, you accelerate. So you're basically accelerating, braking, accelerating, braking. It's kind of overstriding and running, really, isn't it? It's exactly that, yeah. And now the good thing is, is like the less you feel, the better you go, but most people want to feel more. And now we're in we're in water. It's 800 times more dense than than air. The other thing is we're balancing on what, Bevan? What are we balancing on? On the on you when you're swimming. Yeah. On water. Yeah, and it's really stable, isn't it? No. <laughs> no. So we need to create balance first. For instance, submarines kind of figured this out pretty quickly. Submarines are fat in the front for a reason. They're skinny in the back. If you're skinny in the front, you try and slip through the middle, your feet will be huge in the back. It's going to create a huge amount of parachute drag, and you're actually going to be kicking to do that, and that's going to take your oxygen from your upper body. So we're really just trying to keep it simple. Paddle your body like a surfboard. Don't get stuck. So, John, what I want you to try is you're going to do a couple contrast drills. So you're going to start by swimming just slightly. Your reach is going to be slightly wider than your shoulders. Pull-up position. Then I want you to actually purposely come back in towards the center. Notice that when you start moving, that's not rotation, that's loss of balance. Then bring it wide again. Then I want you to start playing with your hips. Snap them, roll them, do something with them, and then take it away, see what it feels like. Current stays exactly the same, so when you do something that makes you go faster or slower, notice it. 
Just one, when, when you're swimming in an endless pool, what should your positioning be? Because you've got a mirror at the front here, there's a mirror underneath. How close should you be to the sort of the, 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 where the jet's coming out? Well, that's a great question, John. It's full of great questions. <laughs> that's what you usually say, Babbitt. Yeah, well, true. Great question, John. Yeah. Great question, John. All right, All right. The, the, your hand should be positioned about a foot or a little less than a half a meter away from the front of the girl. It's actually not the motor, it's just the mechanism that creates the current. The reason why is that if you get any closer, that's your indicator to me that you want to go faster. And if you keep doing that, I'll keep turning you up faster. And you keep doing that, I'll keep turning up you faster. And the endless pool never gets tired. Which What's is, the fastest it can go? This one goes about a 5,800 freestyle. Ooh. They have models that go 51 for a 100 meter freestyle. Wow. And keep in mind, that's with no walls. So that's quite a bit. And it's sustained speed, right? Yeah. And that's how the, the student can measure faster or slower, easier or harder. If you crawl up on the, the metal here then you know you just got faster and then you go wait a second i'm not breathing hard well that's because we fixed a lot of things that were draining your energy number one your kick and your wonkiness of your legs so, so it's science right science it's not a coach it's science i guess so we're going to get john back in the water and one thing just while they're filming what we'll do is in the show notes for today's show i'll actually edit all the bits that we've got here and we'll kind of so you guys if you want to go onto our website and have a look at john's technique um you can kind of see what we're doing here today so you can go to www.imtalk.me so the contrast drills is in my workshops. I do these in the endless pool and they're super effective because I'm not teaching John to swim. I'm teaching him to be self-aware. What are you doing? What is it causing? What could you do differently? Why would you want to do it? Um, how does that feel? So when, when you start running through the different things that I've stripped away and then add them back, you actually get the sense of what you're trying to go for, which is that less is more. So if we look at him right now, it looks like he's bringing his hands in now, isn't he? He actually went wider, and then now he went narrower. Yeah. Now he's doing his hippie thing. Yep, yep, he has to do the hippie shake. Hippie, hippie shake. What, actually, the hip is kind of like, if you lean on that too often, especially when you take a breath, it'll take you right off course. Yeah. Think about pushing on a ski. You want to turn, it's a great thing to do, but if you don't want to turn, just keep your skis going down that hill. Okay. Not, not a really big thing. I also think that we could have a, be a little bit more playful on John's arm recovery, but I still want to get rid of a little bit more of the length of the stroke. Okay, so she's going around the corner right now, and she's I don't know actually what, what she's doing, but John's still swimming. I'll pause right now, and we'll be back in any second from now. I guess okay, so we're back now, and John's just been getting some feedback. They're going back to a contrast drill, so she's going to show him the extreme examples of both sides to show him what's working better. Uh, she did say the feedback she likes is he's still going too far back in his stroke, so she's saying more like a Lucy Charles, more kind of just that half range. Okay, now he's doing it. Now. Oh yeah, now his turnover rate picks up as well. Well, what he's doing is he's quickening, quickening the back, but he's not adding that reach in the front. Okay. So we're not trying to shorten the pull; we're just trying to move it forward. Okay. And this is where I was saying I think he could get more playful on the arm recovery. In other words, look at the top fastest swimmers in the world of any, whether it's open water, whether it's Olympics or in triathlon, it's a reach big stroke. Okay. You know, so we need just to kind of get a little bit more. I think instead of a high elbow recovery, I like to think high hand recovery. Okay. It, go through the air to get back to your starting point. Don't restrict it. Okay, so yeah, okay, so let's see what happens. All right. So now she's slowed down the pace, and John's just coming back up again. Uh, you kind of expect when you increase your cadence, because obviously when I'm shortening the stroke, the cadence is increasing. You kind of expect your effort to go up, a little bit like running. If you try to increase your running cadence, you'd expect your effort to go up. Um, but it wasn't really that. When I went back to doing a, a full sort of normal stroke that I used to have, if it was a little bit harder, it kind of felt smoother, but the effort was a little bit more, um, and that's a bit surprising. I thought having such a high cadence would be quite a bit more effort. Although Kayla Cullen was saying that the cadence isn't really the objective. No, it's not. High, a good snappy cadence is awesome. So what happened was you did something very typical of a lot of my students. You typical man. Two down. Well, you know, so you shorten it in the back, but you kept it short in the front. I want you to move it up. So I imagine that you have six wheels in your body. There's two in the front, two in the middle, two in the back. We want everything in the front too. So you shortened up your middle wheels, but you chopped off the front. And that's why your cadence went up. That's why your cadence went up. So we want you to reach further out. You shift 
the stroke up rather than, it doesn't lengthen it, it doesn't shorten it, it just moves it forward. So reach big, big and ugly, but pull short. I don't like to use the word short, but it is a kind of a quick, compared to what you're doing. And that's where you're going to find that nice kind of a wiggle room and go, oh, that's what she means. And something I've been telling Bevan is that you've got that kind of high elbow recovery. We want you just to swing. Guys, it's recovery. It's your break. It's the time for you to, and momentum. You want momentum to throw your arm around too. So the bendy part is the catch underwater. In the air, anything goes. It I should be. When I was swimming, they used to say just go across the water. Yeah. You had some good teachers because most people say drag, drag your fingertip. You know, shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Yeah, but your shoulder's in the way. That also went with the S-pull. You pushed hard in the back. The only way to get out of that was to lift your elbow first and bring your hand around. We're not going back there. So this is kind of like in paddling. It's called a J-pull. So you, you put your paddle out, you engage the power, and as soon as you get it, you let it go, sweep out to the side, swing it around, and repeat. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, give it another go, John. Yeah. So, John, good to start with. Start. Well, think bigger, yeah. So let's do that by starting with your normal reach in the air, the kind of high elbow one. When I whack you on the head, I want you to swim ugly, and because that's what it feels like. It feels like a little pull with ugly arms. All right. Okay, let's check it out. We're going to push pause. We're back in a second. Okay, so now he's back in the water, and he's just kind of going to a swim. So now, so his first focus was, looks like he is going longer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's still, now, now there he goes. He's starting to get into a little bit rhythm. Okay, now. It's hard to kind of think I don't need to go back there. Yeah. All right, now we're going to go big. Woo! Bigger! Look. Yeah. Nice! Just keep it away from in the center. Okay, so so he's getting the length now, but he's starting now to narrow up again. Now he's finding where that power is in the front of the stroke. Yeah, so now it's... Looks great. He's got definitely more length. And the interesting thing is the cadence hasn't increased this time. Yeah. So we just put it in the air. Let's let's get to the start of the stroke without doing too much other than relaxing it, getting it out there, getting it in the right spot. Also, John typically has quite a high elbow, and that's not happening as much so much now. Yeah, high elbow recovery and high elbow catch are two different things. Um, so, yeah, you had the high elbow recovery, which, as I said, went with the S-pull. So what we're really trying to do is we're simplifying the stroke. Paddle your body like a surfboard. Reach out. Get your catch. Get out. Don't lose your balance. Swim faster. Then your legs don't have to kick as hard, too. Okay, so John's come back up again. How'd that feel? Newson, come up here, mate. How'd, how'd that feel? He's that coming up. Right. awesome, by the way. Yeah, there was a lot more length and the cadence didn't pick up. Yeah, I think before it felt pretty short and choppy. It felt quite good before. Um, but that was, yeah, felt slightly lower cadence. Uh, it always, change always feels a bit weird. But, uh, yeah, it's good. Come on. It was like you had this little pole and it was in a limited range and area. And then when you reach big, it's like, whoa, that's where you're going to get that opening. That's where you're going to get that slight shoulder or a hip rotation that you're looking for leaning. It's going to come from reaching, not spearing, not shoving, reach. It's always been called a reach. Yeah. So reach it out there. Get even, go for a straight arm. I mean, straight arm in a relaxed sense, not straight arm in a tight sense. Okay, so the question I have then, so he's got some good little feedback here, some things to work on. How does he make sure he goes away and this becomes a way of swimming? Well, obviously one of the first things to do is to swim often and go slow because you need to be mindful. you got to go, okay. And now the two biggest things that usually occur when, you're, when you've done a lesson like this is we've gotten you to enter and reach wider and that your your sh- your pull is not nearly as long. So, so we're going to say three things with John. Aren't we? We're going to say wider, wow. longer, shorter. Yeah. So wider, wider arm, wider insert. Yeah, wider reach. Um, longer reach. Uh, bigger reach. Bigger just reach. Say, but okay, just put bigger. Together. And moving big it forward. Big reach, pull up uh, yep. position. All right. Hey, um, big reach, pull up position. Get your catch, early exit. And don't roll so much. So flatter, wider, shorter. Right? But that does not mean swim like you're like a two-year-old where you're just lifting your hand up and doing the chicken stroke yeah. like I had Jane do the other day. Yeah. 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 So, so bigger, wider, quick release. Okay. All right. On a surfboard. Yeah. Okay. And maybe we can do follow-up in May if you're here, and then we can see if I've actually managed to execute anything. Okay.
Yeah, here we go. Is he a good student? Okay, so just uh, just lastly, um, people want to come see your work. You got camps. You got um, workshops happening. Tell us about them. Absolutely. So I am actually doing a little coast, uh, trip to uh, Australia, New Zealand. Nice. Yeah, I'm. Co- I haven't been. You know what, you guys? I have not been to New Zealand since 1987. It's changed a little bit. No, <laughs> it's changed a little. Bit. Yeah, better looking guys like you. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's a wise woman. So, so I was. I, I have a workshop in Auckland. Um, I think it's Thursday, December seventh or eighth. I think. Uh, then I have a camp in Nelson, and then I'm doing a what month? Uh, December. Okay. So uh, December for Auckland, uh, Nelson for the first second first weekend in December, and then Dunedin the fourteenth or fifteenth and sixteenth. It's all on carlinpipes.com, and then I also have some workshops in the Gold Coast. But seriously, the best thing to do, the way you can move to change much quicker. Get here in my endless pool where I have, you have my undivided attention. We've got the video feedback. We've got the mirrors on the bottom. We've got the current talking to you. And then what John and I are going to do right now is John's going to start with this new stroke. And while the new stroke is more comfortable, what we're going to do is I'm going to whack him. And that means he goes back to his old stroke. And we got to hear what John's going to say about his old stroke. Okay. All right. So, so, so this is the last bit of things. So John's going to go back to, he's going to be doing new stroke. And then he's going to move into his old stroke just so to see the difference. So. Here we go. So he's going to go into the new stroke. So wide, long, no, short. Be a little bit less shoulder rotation because it kind of throws the arms back in. Yeah. If your stroke stops feeling very snappy, most often is the case is that the pull is too long and it's creating the hands coming in center. It's kind of like you're riding your bike and you didn't, you're not very mindful and you, you forget to change your gear and then you're grinding. And his left arm could definitely go wider still, couldn't it? Yeah. So which. One is the worst, probably the length of the pole. All right, here goes the old stroke. Oh. What are you seeing, Bevan? Well, he's, he's moved back a little bit, but um, it's a narrower. He's definitely, yeah, it's going side to side. Yeah, definitely more, more hips side to side. Yes, definitely. He's gone long again. His hand's coming out by the hip. And his kick is starting to go a little bit wonky in reaction to the loss of balance in the front of the stroke. If we keep our balance in the front, that gives us early access to power, the legs and the hips just go along for the ride. And that's really what we want to do. And that's your submarine analogy, isn't it? Bigger, yeah. Be a little bit bigger in the front, keep your balance, and you'll keep your uh, your feet from going crazy. You know, in a triathlon, it's not about kicking. No. you got to save those legs. But if they're back there helping you not flip over or creating a huge parachute, that's... Yeah, he's definitely fighting the machine a lot more now, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, here we go. So Newsom's coming back, and we're in. He's coming back. He's coming back. Come on, in, Newsom. Come on, in, Newsom. Come on over, mate. So, Woo! how'd that feel when you went from the new to the old and crappy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of liken it a little bit to being on the bike, going from pushing the biggest possible gear on your bike to sort of going more to pushing a smaller gear. And it's so when you're pushing the big gear on the bike, short term you think it's a little bit easier, but you're actually using a lot of force to do it, so long term it's not going to help you out, but in the short term maybe it feels a little bit easier, whereas when you're riding with a higher cadence, and I know from a coaching point of view, there's a lot more potential to go faster, so I kind of feel that it obviously feels really diff- different and, and, and change is always hard, but it kind of for me it feels like if I keep that up, then I've got more scope for actually going faster. So ultimately you do think it's a much more efficient way to move and be more effective as a swimmer? Well yeah, I mean... G- Go for, for me, it's about going faster. Efficiency, of course, but you know I've I've sort of stagnated with my swimming quite a lot, and I'm not not swimming that regularly, um, and sort of been just going, swimming harder. I don't isn't necessarily going to help me yeah, be the solution. It was, does require a bit of technique change, and that feels uh, something I want to explore a bit more. Do you like it, John? Do you think it was faster? Uh, yeah, it certainly feels faster, but it's going to like anything. It's going to take some going to take some while to get used to. Yeah, yeah I, I was telling Bevan that. There's usually one thing that's sabotaging all the elements that we're trying to keep, and that's the length of the pole. And you nailed it on the head when you said the big gear. There is power, I agree, in the push and the stroke, but there's so many other things that it causes that it ends up negating any of the benefit. And so, yeah, a little bit higher cadence, a little snappier pull, but it's not zapping your energy because you're not having to spend all that energy to bring you back around again. Mm -hmm. So when I whacked you and you went back to your old stroke, we definitely saw the shoulders going, the hips going, and all of a sudden you went from a nice, clean, kind of smoother, more relaxed stroke to definitely a lot more activity going on. You look like you're drowning. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the website is? 
carlynpipes.com. And I also have a lot of videos on YouTube. Uh, Vasa Trainer is one of my sponsors. They have a whole series of, of videos that take all of the technique and break it down into five different sections. One of them has 3.3 million hits. So if you want to kind of get an overview of my teaching style, see it applied to the Vasa and then how it, it translates into the water. Those are great, great little instructional tips. And then um, then I've just got a bunch of stuff on YouTube. So, so there's yeah. lots of options. You can check out what she's doing on YouTube. You can go to a website to do one of the camps or you can come one-on-one -on -one to Hawaii. It's a good reason to come to Hawaii. Not a bad reason. Iron Man, any, well, just make sure I'm home because I do travel a lot. So, yeah. Hey, thanks for your time, mate. You're a star. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you guys for coming up, you know. All right. Yeah, it was pretty fascinating, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, so I've had uh, so far. I've only had one oh, yeah, swim, one swim since I've been back, and uh, and it certainly reminds me of how difficult it is for non-swimmers yeah. when they're in the water. Because I, I was, we, we, what do we do? We did, uh, I did about three k swim, and I was swimming along with uh, Tyrone and a couple of other guys. And I said, "Bloody hell, I've got to concentrate every single stroke here." Uh, and does uh, it feel? It feels significantly different. Uh, Speed-wise, uh, it was absolutely fine. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say it was any faster at this stage, because, mainly because I was just trying to concentrate on, on what I was doing. But her argument uh, is more efficiency as well, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, any, any sort of significant change is going to take some time. So the main things I really focus on is getting those hands a lot wider uh, and really trying to work a lot more in the front quadrant of the, the stroke. Uh, and the things that I've really focused on being a bit more careful about is uh, making sure that I'm not shortening up the front part of my stroke. So one of the big focuses that Carl was trying to have is that exit point with my hand is not pushing all the way through to your thigh like is sort of the traditional method it's more sort of coming out um sort of i know around about your armpits or so so really looking at the front quadrant um, but you do need to make sure that you're still getting that you know that that front part of your stroke the, the temptation when i was increasing my cadence was to shorten the stroke even too much um at the front end and, and that's where i think the real danger is so look there's there's loads of different ways to skin a cat in terms of swimming technique i'm in investigating this for my to try to get faster myself you know you think about other swim techniques out there you know you've got guys like swim smooth it's, it's not dissimilar to nutrition there's lots of different ways you can do nutrition there's not necessarily one different way um, but what I like about Carlin's technique is it's it's good for open water technique uh, your classic swimming um, with a nice high elbow and the big long glide often doesn't cut it when you're in the open water and you've got to sort of you know, crank up the intensity a bit more or if you have any chop or anything like that and that's where Carlin with a lot of swim, uh, open water swim experience that's what she's sort of bringing to the table so uh, for me it's a little trial project and um, I've always been a good swimmer um, and sort of front, Very good front, front end swimmer in terms of swimming standards not nothing special but in terms of triathlon standards yeah. pretty cool good um, but uh, always good to try a few different things and that's what I'm going to do uh, John pretty much that's today's show so let's just talk about a few patrons right now we've got a few new patrons we have indeed so let me just uh, get my page in front of me Bevan Daniel Costello. And Daniel he's Costello. From, he's from Newcastle in England, but moved to Cornwall six years ago, which speared his stars, started his interest in running after joining a local running club, Hale Runners. Before triathlon, I was a runner, specialising in half and full distance races of PB of 116 and a 244 full. Well done. It's pretty, pretty awesome. solid. Yeah. I decided due to injuries and also because of uh, just doing running was getting a bit boring to move up to triathlon, competing in a 70.3 Weymouth in the UK in 2017 in Ironman France and Wales in 2018. I work as a lifeguard at my local swimming port and this is James. Oh, oh! so we need a nickname for him. We need a nickname for James Costello. No, no, no. For Daniel Costello, James is underneath him. Basically. Yeah, Daniel Costello, sorry. Yes. How about Dan the man? Dan the man. Have we got the man? Don't know if we have. I don't think we have, but Dan the man. Okay. Dan's the man. Dan is the man. The man. The, the man. man. Put da. He's in D-A. Da man. Da man. Okay. Dan Da man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm so I'm so 15 right now. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, James the Trawler already, Slade. Yep, so we've done James the Trawler Slade. But Loved our Kona coverage so much. He's come back in and he's uh, going to get his beanie and his, uh, and his swim cap and he's going to be looking stylish there in the south, southern part of uh, southern part of Ireland. And he's giving a plug for something. What's this, John? Oh, yes. Yeah, so if you guys want to check out uh, Nordic Oil .co.uk He's got some Nordic oil, some fish oils in there. Check it out. Check it out. And then we've got another one now, John 
bugger me, Christ, because we met her. We, we met her. We're up at Lava Java in the cafe. Mm-hmm. We we went to the top story on race day. She came up to us and she's lovely, Katie. Lovely, her man was out there racing. Uh, we didn't get her last name. Now, listeners, listen to this. W D O W I A K. What does Apple say? Let me have a look. Let me do my Apple trick. Okay. Um, here's Apple. Turn up the volume. Pop up the volume. I'm going to go Wadwiak. Apple's not even saying anything. That's how, good this That's one how complicated it is. You're going to say Wadwiak? Wadwiak. Okay, I'm going to say Wadwiak. Okay. Okay, and then the nickname. So the, the, this, this, this is where the, the, the plot thickens, Bevan. Oh, the plot thickens. It's okay, Wadwiak. That's what, we'll get, that's what I'm going with. Yep. Uh, so she's a British girl. Yep. That's not a very British name. That's Far Pol- from it. Polish name, yep. Polish surname. Yet she's also signed her husband up. I'm not sure if he did it or she did as a patron as well. Oh, so they're both patrons. Yes, uh, I think so. <laughs> I didn't think that for Katie, which is so wrong. <laughs> um, and her husband was out there racing, and he's Olaf Lindbergh, and he's from Sweden. So she's a British girl with a Polish, with a Polish name, name living, a in Sw- living in Sweden, married to a Swedish fellow. Do you think the Paul Volter would work for Katie? <laughs> Um, the pole vaulter. <laughs> Let's go with that. Uh, Could be taken the wrong way, but it's all right. A pole vaulter. Yeah. What did you say last name? Uh, she was so Wadwiak. friendly. I tell you what, uh, Olaf, Olaf, you're betting above your league. I haven't even met you, but you're betting above <laughs> your league, mate. Because <laughs> she was a champion. She was such a nice person. So lovely to meet her. The pole vaulter. The pole vaulter. That, that could be taken the wrong way, but we'll just say that's right now. And then Olaf Lindbergh. Now, whenever I hear the name Olaf, I'm thinking Frozen. Olaf, is it? Olaf. Oh, yeah? Frozen. Let him go. No. Yeah. Don't let him go. Katie, don't let him go. Oh, but wait. So who's the pole holder? Katie. Oh, okay. And what, and what about Olaf? Olaf, he's from Sweden. Have you seen Let It Go? You've got a girl. You must have seen Let Frozen. It Go. Frozen? Oh, shit, yeah. Okay, well, you know more about Frozen than me. I just know Let It Go. What are some of the other characters in Frozen? So you've got Elsa... You can't name another character. What's something from? What's something from? Wait a second. Olaf, colder than ice. No, because cold as ice makes you sound like a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the icebreaker. Okay. Yes. Yes. Ice breaker. Lindbergh, and also because like the Hindenburg that crashed. Yeah. <laughs> so broke some ice. Maybe. We're doing some amazing tangents <laughs> and or segues into this one, aren't we? Katie and Olaf, you guys rock. You absolutely rock. And so do and all Olaf our pictures. Did, uh, what did he do over in Kona? I pulled up his time. Okay, let's have a look. Olaf, I've got, I've got the uh, Jan Sieberson here. I've got Olaf. He did 10 hours and 17 minutes and 22 seconds. Nice he was work. In 35 to 39 age group. Yep. What he, did he swim? He did. He swam 104.49. Yep. And it was 136th in his age group. Uh, he biked 5.11, respectable, 189. Respectable. And he ran 3.51. So nice was 162nd. Good work, Olaf. You're, you're absolutely rock. Nice. The icebreaker. Good work, icebreaker. Good. What else have you done in LA? What, they, what I suggest you guys do is buy for Christmas. Here we go. And I want to see photos of this. So you've got to commit. You want to get each other a T-shirt printed with your nickname on it. So, you, so, so Katie... Has to buy Olaf the icebreaker, and Olaf has to buy Katie the pole vaulter. Mm. <laughs> Am I getting a T-shirt with my new nickname on it too? <laughs> what is it? The porridge pants. Porridge pants. That's <laughs> so true. Everyone who's ever run with you is just nodding their head, going, "He's right." I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Hold I don't up. think I've ever gone for a run for you. We've not farted. Okay, Rob from. Uh from the World Triathlon. So if you do want to get in the I Am Talk gear, you can go to imtalk.me and we have got it's our store up there. And you can get I Am Talk gear. It's bloody nice stuff. Bevan loves the pants. Yeah. Rob, if you're listening, do not get me a t-shirt <laughs> that says pants. porridge pants on it. <laughs> <laughs> so Murray Lett, we've just sent through an email. Right now, 13 minutes ago while I'm doing the show, and this is like a week ago when we actually did the show, he was just saying, in Kona, the top three age groupers, New Zealand age groupers, were all from Christchurch. But he also said... There, are there any other brother-sister combos like Dylan and Marshall McNeese? Marshall McNeese, I don't know what he got third. He, he got third in his age group, didn't he? That's bloody impressive. Oh, well, no, it was Ben Phillips who got third. Ben Phillips got third, but I think Marshall McNeese was right up there as well. And then, yeah, so ben, and, ben and Mike Phillips, so something right, right in their blood, isn't there? Yeah, so Mike Phillips finished about 15th. I think um, 16th, wasn't it? 
sorry, so fifth fifth texting. Yeah, yeah. Ben Phillips' brother, who's former surf lifesaver, and uh, but he really stepped it up and he finished third in his age group. Well done, podium at Kona. That's a big achievement. Yeah, first time racing. Wow, that's really impressive. Um, and then what about uh, Marshall? Marshall McNeese. Do you want to just do I would search? say the the the, the Ironman app is bloody good now. He finished ninth in his age group. Did eight fifty fifty one. Nice. In the thirty thirty four age. And that's group. a pretty competitive age group. So well done. Bloody hell! You go to eight fifty and you get ninth. I know it was fast conditions, but geez, he swam fifty one fifty five, rode four forty six, and ran a three oh seven. Good times, good work. Okay, John, uh, let's just do sponsors. Extreme Endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. Again, if you want to become a patron, go to www.iamtalk.me and thank you to all the people who are patrons. You're the reason we got our Kona shows up. And also it just really supports John and I what we're doing. If you want some coaching, go to coachjohnnewsome.com. Also check out for his camps in both Kona next year and he's got the main big epic camp happening in France. And if you want to check out my other podcast, go to bevanjamesisles.com. Uh, age Groupers of the Week. Websites of the week, any other feedback, just email iamtalkpodcast at gmail.com. John, you goss. It's past your bedtime. What time do you normally go to bed? About now. It's 9.21. I'll be, be sort of Do you need to unwind, but will you go home and unwind a bit, or will you just go straight to bed? We'll see what's going on at home. Oh. I'll go Huso myself. Been, oh, so have you tried it? We've been trying a bit of Huso action. Felicity's even had a couple of sessions on Huso. And what, what, so what is it when everyone else thinking? Well, Felicity, one day, Tom, Tom got off it, and he said he felt taller and she said she felt shorter, but she she went back for seconds today. I tell you what, if they could make people taller, <laughs> make a lot more money. Belinda nearly fell asleep on the couch with it today, uh, and I've had a couple of sessions. Very relaxing. So what are you thinking? Uh, in terms of a, a relaxation tool, really, really good. Mm. Yeah. Joe jo tried it. She was like, oh, I'm not sure yet, so Joe's going to give it another couple of goes. I've done it twice since we've been home. Um, yeah, I, I definitely go deeper with it. And yeah. I... I do go pretty deep for meditation anyway, but um, the funny thing is you don't realise how loud it is when you're not using when you're using it. Because the other day Joe was sleeping next to me. No, Joe used it first, and then I used it after her. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm lying. She's lying there, and I was trying to kind of just kind of read a book and stuff. But it's actually quite buzzy oh, yeah. when not majorly loud, but you can't go to sleep next to the person using you. So, right. and then when you got it on because you have got the sounds in your head, you don't really realise the vibration makes sound. Mm. But yeah. If you gain Huso, what was it? Uh, this is Huso.com. Check it out. Uh, John, any other goss? That's it for this week. No goss. No I'm, goss. I'm currently in LA. You're currently in LA. If you were in LA, what, what would you do? If I had the kids, I'd be going to bloody theme parks in a hurry. Maybe I will do a theme park. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe it'll be Universal. God, have you been to um, Flag? Six Flags? Flags? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the Extreme. I can't remember. That was years ago that I went. Oh, we went on the extreme. And you can sit in a chair, and then it, basically what happens is it tips you on your back, and then it goes backwards. That was pretty scary. Mm. That was pretty scary. Six Flags was pretty cool. Okay, John, let's wrap it up. Iron Rush. I'm in. Train hard. Train smart. Kicker. Kicker.